The following message is made available for you by Emanuel Baptist Church in Mora, Minnesota. For more information, visit us online at www.emanuelmora.com. Uh, but we are in 1 Samuel today. We're going to be taking the first 18 verses. And so allow me to read the passage, and then we will uh, begin seeing what, uh, what God has to say for us. So this is 1 Samuel chapter 1, starting in verse 1. There was a man from Ramathaim Zophim in the hill country of Ephraim. His name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives, the first named Hannah and the second Panina. Panina had children, but Hannah was childless. This man would go up from his town every year to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of armies at Shiloh, where Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were the Lord's priests. Whenever Elkanah uh, offered a sacrifice, he always gave portions of the meat to his wife, Penina, and to each of her sons and daughters. But he gave a double portion to Hannah, for he loved her, even though the Lord had kept her from conceiving. Her rival would taunt her severely just to provoke her because the Lord had kept Hannah from conceiving. Year after year, she went up to the Lord's house and her rival taunted her in this way. Hannah would weep and would not eat. Hannah, why are you crying? Her husband Elkanah would ask. Why won't you eat? Why are you troubled? Am I not better to you than ten sons? On one occasion, Hannah got up after they had ate and drank at Shiloh. The priest, uh, priest Eli was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. Deeply hurt, Hannah prayed to the Lord and wept with many tears. Making a vow, she pleaded, Lord of armies, if you will take notice of your servant's affliction, remember and do not forget me. Give your servant a son and I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and his hair will never be cut. While she continued praying in the Lord's presence, Eli watched her mouth. Hannah was praying silently, and though her lips were moving, her voice could not be heard. And Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long will you go, uh, will you, are you going to be drunk? Get rid of your wine. No, my Lord, Hannah replied. I'm, I'm a woman with a broken heart. I haven't had any wine or beer. I've been pouring out my heart before the Lord. Don't think of me as a wicked woman. I've been praying from the depth of my anguish and resentment. And Eli responded, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant the request that you have made of him. May your servant find favor with you, she replied. And then Hannah went on her way. She ate and no longer looked despondent. Well, spending two years in a large brick room with no windows can be kind of depressing. I would know because I lived through two years of being in a brick room with no windows. Uh, when I was a music teacher in the St. Clair School District, my classroom was just that, with the exception of lunchtime, in which when I would walk to the windowless teacher's lounge, the only light of day that I saw was the windows in the cafeteria that I passed by on the way. 
Uh, now, this wasn't so bad in the fall and spring because I knew that uh, when I would go to work, there would be sun shining when I got in my car and the sun would be uh, out when I got in my car to go home. But in those long winter months of December through uh, February, sometimes even March, uh, uh, those days of, of working eight to ten hours, sometimes more, uh, would be rather dreadful because it just always seemed like it was dark no matter what. Uh, and as we begin our, our study in 1 Samuel, we enter into the long and dark days of a woman named Hannah. The world that she lived in was very unstable. Uh, there was always looming threats from neighboring countries. And her culture could be described simply as moral anarchy. In fact, the, the book of Judges tells us that in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And if that big uh, socio, uh, uh, socio-cultural political issues were enough to make life difficult, uh, Hannah's personal issues was constantly deflating. She was barren in a culture and in a world in which women's primary function, identity, and worth was, was labeled in terms of being a mother and having many, many children. Because of her infertility, her husband had taken on a second wife to do for him what Hannah could not do. And this woman made sure that that Hannah understood her biological issues. So this morning, we enter into the very painful story of a woman who is stuck in a windowless brick room. And spring is nowhere to be found. The sun is shining, uh, but every waking moment for her is eclipsed by the darkness of her story. And her story resonates with many of us. Because some of us have, are, or will be stuck in a dark night of the soul at some point. Hannah, uh, some of us, like Hannah, have suffered the deep wounds of infertility or infant loss. Some of us on our stories are clouded by financial ruin. Some of us by relational fractures. Some by grief. Some by physical pain. Some by emotional pain, loneliness, addiction, shame of past trauma. Some of us are dealing with fear and anxiety and and depression. And it may seem like there's no way out and you've just sort of resigned yourself to this is my fate and this is just what I got to deal with. But there's another way. And that is where we find ourselves in Hannah's story because when it comes